This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's 12.03, Thursday afternoon, October 19th. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us on the Noon Business Hour. I'm Rob Hart. People who have the streaming service Netflix may be seeing bigger bills. We'll cover that in our next segment. But right now, the latest numbers on home sales and jobless claims lead today's data. Joining us now on the Village of Bedford Park business line, reminding you to bring your business home, is Chris Lowe, Chief Economist, FHN Financial in New York. Chris, thank you for joining us today. And let's begin with the uh, home sales in September dropping to their lowest level since October of 2010. Back then, we were in the teeth of the financial crisis. A very different set of circumstances this time around. That's right, Rob. Uh, You know, I think what we're looking at in this case, a 2% drop to, as you said, the lowest level of existing home sales in years is is effectively lock-in. That is, people who are in homes, they actually like to sell, but they also have interest rates, uh, mortgage rates they got before the Fed started hiking, rates that probably have a two or a three handle. Uh, now, if they do sell and they move somewhere else, they would be looking at an interest rate that's closer to 8%. And that kind of thing uh, precludes downsizing. It precludes moving. People are turning down job offers in order to stay put. And, uh, you know, as a result, uh, new home sales have been pretty good just because there is no existing supply. And then on the subject of jobless claims, the labor market is still tight. Uh, 198,000 new applications for unemployment benefits, and uh, that is a decline from last week and well below the estimate. And, And what picture does this paint of the employment market outside of the fact that it's still very strong? Well, as you said, extraordinarily tight. Uh, Anytime you see layoffs uh, running at less than 225,000, it's a a tight labor market. There's only a handful of weeks in the last 30 years that claims have been under 200,000. It's extraordinary. Now, at the same time, uh, you know, the, even though the, the home market is pretty much locked up, uh, everybody who wants a job can pretty much get a job. Uh, leading economic indicators pointing lower for almost a year and a half straight now, and uh, Treasury yields are nearing 5%, which are multi-decade highs. So how does the uh, uh, rather robust picture for the American consumers square with this uh, kind of dire picture uh, that many people are painting of the economy? The the biggest factor that's causing the leading index to be negative is is inversion of the yield curve. It's the 
amount of tightening the Fed has done relative to the rise in long-term interest rates. Uh, the curve is less inverted now than it was a couple of months ago, but because it's still inverted, it is still a negative factor. I think the LEI is effectively broken, and, and the reason is that it's missing uh, one of the biggest contributors to economic strength right now, which is fiscal stimulus. The deficit this year, bigger than last year, hundreds of billions in spending that went into the economy and are boosting growth. As far as uh, the, the, the rise in long-term interest rates to 5%, Jay Powell today said uh, he thinks the reason they're high is because the economy is strong. Uh, the Atlanta Fed's GDP current quarter tracking model says that uh, growth in the third quarter was 5.4%. Chris Lowe, Chief Economist, FHN Financial, based in New York. Thank you for joining us today. Coming up, a top streaming service is hiking prices. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Netflix is increasing prices on some of its most popular plans. Let's get the details from Tom Lason, media analyst in Seattle. You can find him on Twitter or X at Tom Lason. Thank you for joining us, Tom. And uh, if if you want to keep that uh, ad-free TV, Tier of Netflix, classic Netflix. It's twenty two ninety nine a month starting this week. Is this designed to push people into the ad supported tiers? Yeah, I think so. And I'm gonna you're gonna see a reduction in the number of tiers and um, and a slow march upward of pricing as competitors. And we've talked about this for a while. As competitors move out of this streaming business and decide that they can't lose money at the pace that they are any, anymore, and pricing has to become more rational. So yeah, you're getting up into 16 23 bucks for some of the higher tiers um, with Netflix, and um, I think you're going to see a reduction in some of the, um, the lower tiers, and there's going to be a consolidation there internally as well. So they've got pricing power and, you know, their subscriber growth up 9 million subs in the third quarter, 15 million expected uh, next year. And that number, the total 247 million still comes and goes a little with cord cutting, Uh, with cord cutting. But, you know, some of the things they said they never do, the password sharing, crackdown, advertising, sports, um, they continue to win and prove uh, to be one of the rare cases where the the early adopting pioneer goes on to be the success story, and uh, for now, it looks like uh, full speed ahead for Netflix. Yeah, not too long ago, uh, we were having conversations uh, that talked about how Netflix was having the first mover problem. Uh, they were first out of the gate with streaming, but then there were all sorts of other competitors on the scene, and the one thing we didn't realize was that the ground shifted underneath the streaming space, that uh, you went from rewarding subscriber growth to actually making money, and it turns out Netflix had all the pricing power after all. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, the, some of the lost leader attempts to, you know, to throw something up against the wall and just get into the business because we've got to. That's the next step for any media company. We've got to stream. Well, there's some truth to that, but doing it profitably um, has really proven to be a challenge. You know, that um, old saying, content is king, continues to be true. And while it's true, um, price matters when it comes to content. So I'm kind of wondering, I can really kind of see two scenarios for content costs going forward, two competing ideas a little bit in my mind. And, you know, is consolidation going to drive prices down 
Um, or are we going to see that there's going to be an issue with prices going up after this sag after deal? Um, some of those contracts may incru- uh, increase the pr- price of production and um, residuals. And even SAG-AFTRA reportedly, according to Netflix, even proposed a thing where they just wanted a, a per-subscriber nick, um, which is never going to fly. So this strike may go a while. Um, it's provided a little cash flow support early on because they haven't had to buy so much content. Uh, but eventually, um, you know, the content issue and acquiring it at a price-effective level is going to continue to be an issue, I think. And that's going to be interesting to see how it is going forward. When it's all said and done, we're talking about how you're exchanging broadcast dollars for digital dimes and streaming, and that may be ad-supported streaming media with a subscriber fee could be a way to square that circle. But given the, uh, the, the success of Suits on Netflix, I'm starting to imagine a world where after all, nearly a trillion dollars has been spent on streaming and trying to reinvent the streaming model that at the end of the day netflix is just going to become a 21st century version of tnt where you get off-network dramas maybe some original programming and sports yeah really it will be a, a network um and i think i think consolidation will help drive some of that as well um and you know the other thing that's kind of coming off the flank here is user-generated content particularly while you know content production has been slowed or stopped due to the strikes um, there are some analysts who are saying that they see this um, a little bit of a shift re- being reflected in things like TikTok and Reels. Um, to some degree, I see that a little bit as apples and oranges, but um, I think it also gestures at the fact that eventually there's there's going to be kind of your quick and easy thing to watch and the few things that you do pay for and now an increasingly premium price to pay for, and the number of those choices is going to go down. And um, and I think it will be it, it will be yet another network in a in a series of networks um, that you subscribe to. And I think that's where we circle back into the discussion we've had in the past about what role the MSOs play, what role the cable company providers. They still own the wire. Do they end up doing back back end billing and consolidation of of your subscriptions? How does that look? I don't know. But uh, you can see it's starting to some of it's starting to take shape. Tom Lason, media analyst in Seattle. Thank you for joining us today. Coming up next, a preview of holiday retail. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Discussing the news affecting your money. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. There's optimism among retailers for a big holiday shopping season. Let's check in with Dana Telsey, CEO and Chief Research Officer of the Telsey Advisory Group in New York. Dana, thank you for joining us today. It seems like as we come out of the depths of the pandemic and the worst of the economic disruption, that every sector has its moment in the sun, that everybody wants to travel, everybody wants to go out to dinner, everybody wants to go to a really fancy restaurant or get that uh, overseas vacation out of the way. And once they work all that stuff out of their system, then they want to go to the store. And it looks like that may be the case this holiday season. 
Thank you. First of all, thank you for having me. And yes, when you think about the holiday season, we should see a pickup in in-store shopping. I think the headwinds of the pressures being placed on consumers, whether it's the ugly eyes of instability, rising interest rates, and obviously the volatility of inflation, that's still out there. While the preparedness of the retailers continues to be quite solid, given that inventory levels are leaner. But you have to say that the level of promotions in 2023 will uptick a bit from what you had in in 2022. And that's why it seems like we're beginning to see consumers shop a little bit earlier than they had in the past. And then the other element just just to mention is when you think about goods versus services and experience, Look what happened that this summer. The concerts were all the rage. You have movies now coming out, whether it was Taylor Swift's movie or Beyonce's movie, movie coming out. So there's more choice on what to spend a dollar on, but the consumer of all income levels is more discerning than what they've been in the past. The, uh, the, the, the retail consumer, if they go to the store this holiday season, will they go to a brick-and-mortar store? Will they shop online? Uh, will those dollars be distributed evenly, or will they rain on one sector versus the other? We've seen a bit of an uptick in store sales, and that social engagement, that social experience is in demand. Also, for procrastinators who are last-minute shoppers, that's all about a store experience. I think we're going to see a positive uptick both in online and in stores. And I think the conversion in stores is going to make the difference this year. Watch the product newness, and the more people procrastinate, the more it becomes a destination for store sales. And then what's the state of the supply chain in the retail sector? Because there was a period of time where it was difficult to find new items, and then there was a glut of new items because uh, manufacturers overproduced. Uh, what, what's, you know, what's their supply chain status right now? Normalized. Supply chain costs are coming down. Cotton prices have come down. You, many retailers are going to chase into demand. It's a very different outlook this year from last year. It's a stronger outlook for the retailers and the manufacturers. Dana Telsey, CEO and Chief Research Officer at the Telsey Advisory Group in New York. Thank you for joining us today. Still ahead in Technology Thursday, the potentially dangerous intersection of social media and artificial intelligence. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. President Biden will discuss the Middle East war during an address to the country tonight. This is Nancy Hardy. A Round Lake Beach man suspected of trying to take his own life is shot and killed after allegedly lunging at a sheriff's deputy with a knife. In Technology Thursday, we'll take a look at the impact of artificial intelligence on social media. Also on the tech beat, how airlines are utilizing social media media platforms. WBBM Business, the markets are higher. The Dow is up 94 points. The Nasdaq is up 28. The S&P 500 is up 10. We have 59 degrees right now in Chicago under partly sunny skies going up to 62. It's 1231. Topping our news at the half hour, President Biden back in the U.S. and will address the nation from Washington, D.C. tonight. The latest from correspondent Jennifer King. The White House has announced that the president will deliver remarks from the Oval Office this evening to discuss the U.S. response to the Hamas attacks against Israel, as well as Russia's war against Ukraine. On the flight back from Tel Aviv, Biden told reporters Israel and Egypt's president have agreed to allow 20 trucks carrying humanitarian aid to cross into the Gaza Strip from the southern border at Rafah. If Hamas confiscates it or 
doesn't let it get through or just confiscates it, then it's going to end. Amid outrage over an explosion that killed hundreds at a hospital in Gaza City, the U.N. supervised delivery would be the first crack in a siege that began after Hamas militants rampaged across communities in southern Israel on October 7th. Jennifer King, Washington. A man from Round Lake Beach is dead after an incident involving an attempt to render aid by a sheriff's deputy. The deputy was trying to treat the man, who the sheriff's office says was unconscious and covered in blood when he came to and lunged at the deputy with a meat cleaver next to him. The department says a woman had called police to the home in unincorporated Round Lake Beach at around 4 p.m. because she thought her friend's relative had killed himself. The sheriff's office says the deputy shot the man, who then died at the hospital, despite efforts from the deputy and paramedics. The deputy was taken to the hospital as well for evaluation. Nancy Hardy, News Radio 1059 WBBM. It's 12:32 as the noon business hour continues. Markets are well, markets are bouncing up and down today. Right now they're in positive territory, but uh, just wait 5 minutes. Joining us on the Village of Bedford Park business line, reminding you to bring your business home is Jim Awad, Senior Managing Director of Clearstead Advisors based in New York. Jim, thank you for joining us today. And when we have this uh, level, this kind of volatility today where markets are negative, then they're back in positive territory, uh, normally it means uh, someone is saying something. And in this case, that someone is the chair of the Federal Reserve, Jay Powell, who delivered some remarks today. And what were some of the key takeaways? Yeah, he gave a very balanced and and reasonable uh, uh, presentation and and Q&A period. I think investors are still digesting it and trying to understand it, which is why you're seeing so much volatility. But uh, basically what he said is that the economy is stronger than expected, uh, that while inflation now is trending down, uh, it it hasn't gone down uh, long enough or significantly enough for the Fed to have confidence that that it's going to continue to go down, that they are uncertain as to uh, their future short-term interest rate course, and that the long end of the market, the 10-year Treasury, is acting independently of the Fed, unrelated to inflation expectations or Fed expectations, and is adjusting to a period of of tremendous fiscal deficits, huge treasury supply, perhaps reduced demand from overseas for those treasuries, and that on balance we're going to be in a period of higher interest rates for longer, regardless of what the Fed does, uh, because of those fiscal deficits, and, and, and therefore... Uh, the the long-term interest rates continue to go up and are restraining the economy. Now, I know I said a lot, and so does he. You put it all together, and all you know is that the future is uncertain. We know that the current economy is very strong, that we've started uh, earnings reporting season. So far, they're very strong, and that should provide support for the markets. But the increasing interest rates uh, are are a a gradual throttle on the economy, and we just don't know where that's going to go. I mean, I'll I, Jim speaking as a as an average everyday consumer. Uh, higher interest rates are no fun. I mean, if if you want to go car shopping, if you want to get a mortgage, if you uh, want to finance some debt, uh, you know, with a prime rate uh, in the in the high eights and mortgage rates in the eights, uh, it's it makes things uh, rather difficult, and it can can force you to uh, to 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 trim back your plans. It is a throttle on the economy in that you are spending a lot less, but. 
is are we going back to something that is approaching the historical trend of uh, interest rates in maybe the sevens or eights or the sixes, the sevens or eights uh, for 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 most consumers and and back to the way things were before two thousand eight and and since then the the last twenty years they, that that's been the outlier. Yeah, well, for, for now your your statement is correct based on what we know now. Uh, we are in a higher for longer uh, interest rate environment. The other side of that coin is up till now, the American consumer has remained amazingly resilient and seems to have adapted to uh, the higher interest rates, partly because the job market is strong and, and wages are growing. Uh, the big question is, uh, uh, have they gone through all of their pandemic era savings? And once that's depleted, will that lead to a slowdown in the economy? So all we know is, if you look at retail sales this week, you listen to American Airlines, to United Airlines, to AT&T today, all are saying they're not seeing significant weakness uh, from the consumer. Only Bank of America noted that the, the lower-end consumer is showing a little bit of stress. But on balance, to this date, uh, the American consumer has powered through higher interest rates. Now, that may change because it takes a while for the interest rates to, uh, to to take effect and work their way through the economy. And we have had over 500 basis points of increases uh, over the last year. So we could wake up tomorrow morning and all of a sudden see a slowing in the economy. But so far, that's not the case. Jim Awad, Senior Managing Director, Clearstead Advisors, based in New York. Thank you for joining us today. Coming up next in Technology Thursday, misinformation created through artificial intelligence is spreading across social media. Information to make cash and save cash. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's Technology Thursday. The war in the Middle East is putting a spotlight on false information that's being distributed across social media platforms. Let's discuss the implications with Michael Wolf, founder and CEO of Activate Consulting and former president of MTV in New York. Michael, thank you for joining us today. And I think it's always great to be on your show. Well, thank you so much. And, and before we begin, I think we have to probably kind of suss out different types of misinformation because um, there are some bad actors who are deliberately lying. And then there are some other people who may just be repackaging uh, information in different ways, more or less because they want the attention. That is what they're in it for. There's, a, But there's another piece of this. There's there's yes the people who are lying and in many cases they're doing deep fakes they're constructing the information yes there are people who echo this but the other that that people are not talking about is the 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 social networks where nobody can see what's going on and those are whatsapp and telegram and uh whatsapp today has two and a half billion users it's owned entirely by by meta um telegram it has 700 million users, and actually in the Middle East right now, it's being used. Um, it's being used extensively for disinformation, and so I think people forget. Like that's not like it, it's Telegram and WhatsApp have been huge, and they've been huge in the Middle East. They've been huge in in Brazil and other places for spreading dis- misinformation. And the other thing is that it's it's very easy for you or I to say, watch out for misinformation, but what if you genuinely really believe something or believe in some sort of cause and somebody sends you something that is transparently false, but it lines up with your belief system and so you believe it and pass it along because you want to see it that way? 
Yeah, I mean, that, that, that unfortunately is the way that so much of the misinformation that's out there, if you look at even some of the, the elections where there was, there, was Russian, there was Russian influence, it wasn't, it wasn't about advertising. It was about creating posts where there was enough truth in it that people wanted to share it. And the same thing is true here. Now we're at a point where deep fakes makes it even more, you know, more hard to harder to, to detect. But um, there, there are going to be a lot of bad actors there. And um, and the social media companies either haven't been able to catch up or, frankly, um, I mean, if you look at once again, WhatsApp is Facebook, but but. But Telegram, it's a, a Russian company. There's no there, there's no staff there. There's nobody to, 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 to block. And then on the subject of deep fakes, and there's a lot of concern about how AI can be weaponized in the war on information um, in, in, in making uh, images or, or, or other sorts of things that can uh, fool you into believing something didn't happen. But it can also be used, the, 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 the data processing power, can that be used to create posts that get maximum engagement? I mean, I think some of it is there's going to be, I mean, some of it's we're seeing in the music business where somebody can create an entirely fake song. In other words, they can, in, in, in the case of, of Eminem, there was an entire song created that wasn't sung by Eminem and wasn't written by him, but, and nobody got paid any royalties, but it was a song. It sounded great. and sounded like Eminem. I, I think in terms of, AI will create more engagement, more interest, and the challenge for everybody in the news business, in your business, is going to be about figuring out how to make it sure that people know the difference between something that has really been created and, and curated by editors versus something that's been created and curated by Gen AI. Michael Wolf, founder and CEO of Activate Consulting, former president of MTV based in New York. Thank you for joining us today. And be sure to check out Michael's annual technology and media outlook for 2024. You can find that at activate.com. Lots of uh, interesting subjects to uh, discuss and learn about the uh, that will certainly unfold next year, a presidential election year. Join us at this time tomorrow for Entrepreneur Friday. And still to come, airlines turn to social media to better serve their passengers. Compounding your interest with an economy of words, this is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Airlines are making more use of social media in their efforts to keep passengers up to date. Let's get the latest from Joe Brancatelli, editor and publisher of JoeSentMe.com, based in New York. Joe, thank you for joining us today. Whenever I look through the social media feeds, you know, for example, on X of United or American or Delta, and you look at the replies, it's a lot of apologizing to passengers. And if you want to get something addressed from an airline, is social media the way to go? Well, Rob, first of all, I still call it Twitter because on my phone it still says Twitter. I know. So it's, it's, I, it's, it's Twitter. It's the Sears Tower. It's Comiskey Park. I understand where it, you're coming it, from. Exactly. exactly. Um, yes, I think social media is a valuable tool in your box to deal with the airlines. On, a, on the public side, on a place like Twitter slash X, when someone says, boy, I had a lousy flight, they'll send you a generic, well, sorry about that. We'll hope to do better the next time. But if you get them by DM with specific complaints, they actually are not bad. They've got entire teams now that work the social media feed. And in the worst case, 
you can call them out, as we're seeing more and more frequently with people showing disgusting meals, frankly, disgusting seatings, or often videos of the uh, airline personnel being abusive and nasty. I was going to say, is there a right way or a wrong way to do it? Because I'm sure the airlines are all used to, those are on, on their social media departments, are probably just used to kind of generalized people blowing their top about something. They're frustrated. It's a long day of traveling. Uh, maybe they have kids who are not in the best uh, best of moods, and they're just at their wits' end. And, and they kind of ignore that or give you the generalized, you know, we understand what you're going through kind of statement. You know, is there a right way to do it and then a wrong way to do it? So you can actually get maybe the travel voucher or address the poor conditions in a in a particular row. Well, I think what you need to do is is keep perspective. Um, If your kid's unhappy because, you know, they were in the middle seat and they couldn't, you know, do what they wanted to do. That's not really the airline's fault. But if the airline puts you in a broken seat where the the armrest is down or the or the seatback entertainment doesn't work. Or, or something like that, yes, I think they owe you money. The trick is to start politely and briefly, you know, by DM, say, look, this happened to me. I understand, you know, these, these are tough times, but I think you should give me X and not X the, the social media. <laughs> you should ask for, speci- you should really ask for the specific recompense you want. Otherwise, the airline will blow you off with a generic uh, apology. That's standard. Even if you're writing them a letter, you have to ask for something. So, in other words, uh, forego the big public spectacle. You know, calling somebody up publicly on social media, and then reach out to the airline directly and say, "Look, I was, you know, we were stuck on the tarmac for 90 minutes on flight X, on date X, at airport X, and then uh, theoretically they will come back with some sort of compensation." Theoretically, and if they don't, and you really do feel your, re, your your due compensation, for example, you're stuck at an airport because the airline canceled the last flight out, and they give you a hotel voucher, and there's mold in the bathroom and peeling paint, you're saying, well, you owe me something better than you put me in these conditions. If they don't respond, that's when you go more public, because all of us, not only myself, but you journalists who specialize just in travel stuff are watching the social media sites because they're because passengers are now our eyes and ears into things we otherwise wouldn't see uh, for bad conditions. Joe Brancatelli, editor and publisher of JoeSentMe.com, based in New York. Thanks for joining us today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. 
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.